0: this fifth season of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme this season is Carpe Diem, Seize the Day, and we have a great show today. As my longtime listeners know, this season, we're seizing the day. This means that we're discovering how those in the congenital heart defect community live each day to the fullest. The term Carpe Diem is an ancient one, but the philosophy around that concept is one of embracing each day, each moment we have, since we never know what the future holds. Given recent events, especially the bombings in France, which happened on Friday, November thirteenth, 2015, this notion becomes even more apparent. All of us at Heart to Heart with Anna want to extend our deepest sympathies for all involved in the bombings in Paris and their families. What happened is abhorrent, and this tragedy has certainly been felt around the world, and especially in the heart community. None of us knows what the future holds, and thus living each day to the fullest is vital for everyone. So let's seize the day with a very special heart mom today. Today's show is Seizing the Day with Katina Robolino. Katina Robolino is a mother of three beautiful girls: Anastasia, Catalina, Alana Zoe, and Catalina and Alana Zoe were both born with congenital heart defects. Catalina was born with a ventricular septal defect, or VSD. And Elena Zoe had tricuspid atresia with pulmonary stenosis, also known as hypoplastic right heart syndrome. Catalina had her surgery when she was 15 months old on July 22, 2014. Catalina is fighting some leaking issues and possible repairs in the future. Elena Zoe had numerous issues. She had a shunt procedure, leading her to be on life support because of unpredicted coronary issues. This qualified her to be a transplant patient. On June 19th, 2015, Elena Zoe was successfully transplanted and is now at home and doing well. The Revelina family now fights for awareness on congenital heart defects and helps raise organ donation awareness. They help raise funds for COTA or the Children's Organ Transplant Association in honor of Elena Zoe. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna Katina.
2: Oh, thank you very much for the invitation. It is such a pleasure to join you today and be able to share our story as well as hopefully help other parents out there who are experiencing similar dilemmas.
0: So here you have three beautiful daughters and two of them with congenital heart defects. That has got to be unbelievably difficult, especially since Elena Zoe has already had a transplant. Can you tell our listeners what you do to seize the day? I guess every day I just wake up and just look at my life and just be
2: thankful for, you know, having my kids because it really could have gone either way with both of them. I just take the morning and just move with my life and just thank God that I'm able to continue on as a mom with at least three children versus where it could have been two or it could have just been one. I think the hardest thing to do is to move forward and pretend that it doesn't hurt you and just going through that and just trying to find your way back into, I guess, a normal life or trying to go back to how your life was, which is hard. And I think that's the hardest part is knowing that I have to go back to work and I have to do a lot of things because food has to be on the table, bills have to be paid. I think the hardest part for any heart mom is to go back to work after something so traumatic.
0: Oh, well, I think it's unbelievably difficult. And for those parents who don't have a choice, like you said, you just have to go work past the pain because I'm sure it is painful. Some families have to have both parents work because one of them has the insurance or one insurance is not enough. And I'm sure with having a transplant patient, you probably need as much insurance as you can get, right? Oh, of course. It's very, very difficult to afford something like this.
2: The bill's They keep running in, and they're up there in hundreds of thousands of dollars, and we're just so lucky that we have insurance, and we're so blessed that my husband has really good insurance. And I'm a teacher, so my insurance is okay. It's not the best. It used to be good, but due to circumstances, unfortunately, they had to change things up and not make it as great as it used to be. But that's okay. At least it's something versus where some people don't have anything.
0: I feel very blessed like you do. And our insurance is not as good either ever since Obamacare. Well, let's talk about something more positive. (laughs) Obamacare is not (laughs) something I like to talk about. But with two of my three children being born with congenital heart defects, I'm wondering whether or not congenital heart defects run in your family and if you've seen a geneticist.
2: Awesome question, and I do have an answer for that. CHD does not run in either side of our family, and we did go see a geneticist. We saw a geneticist twice, and we saw a geneticist for the first time with Catalina. And when we went to the geneticist, they told us that there would only be the 1% chance of our next child to have a heart defect, which is why we decided to have another one. And when I was going through the process of being pregnant, we had all those special scans and all those extra blood tests to make sure that this baby wasn't going to have any defects. And they all came back negative, which is really what surprised me because we didn't know that baby Elena had a heart defect until probably around six weeks before I was about to deliver.
0: (gasps) Oh my goodness. In a way, that's a blessing because you didn't have to go through an entire pregnancy worrying about it. You thought everything was okay. But in a way, that's horrific because all that time you thought you were a normal baby and then all of a sudden you were told differently. So when all of a sudden they said something was wrong, what led them to look for something to begin with? And then what did they tell you was wrong?
2: Well, it was honestly divine intervention. Because we were just going to deliver like normal down here at Memorial Herman and Katie Hospital and I started having complications with Going to the bathroom, something so simple, something you wouldn't even think of. I started not depleting normally my urine, and it would just get less and less to the point where I always felt like I frequently had to go and didn't understand why. And it just became so painful and the pressure, and I just finally went to the doctor and said, something is wrong. I don't know what it is. I can't go to the bathroom. Is there something wrong with my kidneys? And she said, well, I don't know. And we did some urine tests and everything came back positive. And she took me to the hospital and she tried to track urine from my bladder and it came back fine, still no infections. So she says, if you're still feeling this, she goes, I believe you because you can see you're in a lot of pain. Let's go ahead and let's do another ultrasound and take a look at your bladder. So when the stenographer started to go through her procedure, I said, do me a favor can you please just look at the baby one more time? I want to see if it's still a girl. I want to see if they screwed up and see if it's a boy. And she said, okay. So she happened to go by and take a look at the baby, and then she realized something was wrong. And when that happened, she stopped talking and called in the doctor. And then the doctor took over, and then she said, does CHD run in your family? And I told her, I said, not in my family, but my last daughter was born with ventricle septal defect. And she goes, well, this baby has a heart problem too. And I said, okay, is it the same as my daughter? Is it all in her art? She says, no, it's worse. And that's when I just stopped. The conversation stopped. I started crying. And then I kind of put myself together and I was like, okay, what is wrong? And they said, we can't talk to you about that. We need to get you down to the medical center. You need to go see the fetal specialist right away. She said, it is life-threatening. So I said, all right, let's go. I just remember walking out into the parking lot and just, literally collapsing in my car and just crying just because I just kept thinking this was not supposed to happen to me again this was only supposed to be a one percent chance how could this happen and we went to the fetal center and they took us down they did exam after exam and then they told us that she was going to have a good chance of living that she had half a heart, and they explained to me this long name, tricuspid stenosis with pulmonary atresia, and said that if there was any diagnosis for it to be on one side, she had the better diagnosis because she had a small right chamber versus a left chamber, and they said that that was a good thing. And they said she's just going to have to go through these multiple surgeries, and the first one's going to have to happen after she's born, about three to seven days after. And that's when I was like, excuse me, what? And then they said, What oh, has to be done because the pressures and the baby wouldn't be able to survive. And unfortunately, there's no other ways to do it. And then I remember pausing and I remember talking to him and I said, okay, what is her life expectancy going to be? And he just looked at me and he said, it's a very good question. And he said, usually between... 30 to 40 years, but there is hope for her. And he was just absolutely wonderful. He said, the hope is a mechanical heart. will be coming out hopefully in the next decade or so. He goes, they're working on it now. That's kind of what we're looking for. We're looking for this to be happening. So your daughter has a chance. And that's kind of where it left us. And it was very cumbersome in a way. Like, it was nice, but it was also like, are you kidding me?
0: It's, <laughs> it's a cumbersome. huge weight all of a sudden on you that wasn't on you before. And no matter how nice he was, the news that he was giving you was not terrific news. I mean, you had already dealt with handing your baby over to a heart surgeon and having to sign papers that no parent should have to sign, knowing all the different things that can go wrong when you're dealing with open heart surgery. So, oh my goodness, Katina, you poor, poor thing. That must have been devastating for you. It was. I'm not going to
2: lie, I'm tearing up now, but it's just something that I feel does make me stronger because, you know, we were able to go through it. I have my moments where I just sit back and I just think, what would my life be like if it wasn't like this? But then I go back and I go think, I wouldn't change it because I've just become such a better person because of everything that happens. And I do think that God does have a plan for me and I do think he picked the right person because I'm,
0: strong as ever for my children. You are strong. And we mommies are stronger than we ever thought we could be because we have to be for our children. I've had friends who don't have children with heart defects say to me, oh, I could never do what you did. And I said, did I have a choice? (laughs) I have to be there for my children. And you find a reserve inside of you. You find a strength and a reservoir, a strength that you never knew you had. And maybe going what you went through with Catalina was all preparation <laughs> for you to be able to go through what you had to with Elena Zoe. Do you think so? Part of me thinks
2: no, because it was tough with Lena. We call her Lena for short. It was tough with her because we didn't know that she had ventricle septal defect until she had a crazy event. She just stopped breathing. And that's, that's tough. That's very tough for any parent. Well,
0: when she was to, born, to deal with. say, Did a heart defect? Yeah, we didn't know. I mean, oh. I'm
2: telling you, we did not know. And she just somehow just stopped breathing. And I guess my mother in law was just kind of, you know, trying to wake her up, and she wasn't waking up. So my dad had to come and just kind of do something to get her to up, and all of a sudden she just kind of revived. And we were in the hospital in about, like, five minutes. And they were just like, oh, she just had a traumatic event where her airway closed due to favor when she was choking. And then I was like, no, I don't think that's it. You're doing more tests. And that's when they found out she had a pretty big hole in her heart. We didn't stay at that hospital long because it's a pretty small hospital in Connecticut. So we went to New York. And we went to Columbia, and they told us that she has this big hole in her heart, and if we don't take care of it soon, it can cause problems to her other organs. And they wanted to take care of it when she was about maybe two or three years old. So That would be around her age now, versus doing it last year when she was 15 months here in Texas. And it was just very weird getting a job and then having to move, being scared of the unknown, not knowing what was going to happen down here, but... Our doctor up there told us that it would be better for us to be down here anyways because it's one of the best child heart hospitals down here was Texas Children's. And so we looked at it, we researched it, and we decided that was one of the major deciding factors for me to go ahead and transfer down here.
0: Oh, my goodness, Katina. So you didn't know with Lena that she had a heart defect. How old was she when they finally said, yes, she does have a VSD? She was four months old. Four months old. Oh, my goodness. And so then you decide to change hospitals. And then they said, oh, you should go to Texas. So how old were your girls when you moved to Texas?
2: Lena was less than a year old. I want to say she was maybe 10 months old. And Anna was around two. And that was hard for her because she understood partially what was happening. I mean, two and a half, almost three. She kind of understood what was going on because we're moving out of our house, we're packing. And while we were doing that, she was packing. (laughs) We were packing. She was really funny in a way, but it was all right. It was a tough move for me because I had to go by myself first. I was here by myself for about a month without my family. And then after I got everything set up down here, finding a house and getting all the bills, set up and the utilities and names and going through everything that's when my husband transferred down from his job to here and then it was fighting that just fighting a whole new environment here and mm-hmm trying to get my license down here as a teacher, which I had a temporary license for a year, and that was just giving me that window. And I had so long to take my exam, and then I had to pass it, and then I had just to do it so I can get insurance so my daughter's surgery would be done. Because then we came down here, we saw the doctor, and they're like, no, we're doing it earlier.
0: Her whole mm-hmm. year,
2: than they thought in Columbia. And I was just like, great. Oh, my.
0: So you had a lot on your plate. I mean, that's just unbelievable. And dare I ask you, when did you get pregnant with Elena Zoe? It was a year
2: after we had Lena, and then we found out we were pregnant. We were trying for a boy because we really wanted a boy. We were like, okay, we have two girls. That's enough. Let's try for the third. And I found a new doctor. I asked them, especially with the genesis, what are the chances of our next child having a CHD? And they said it's 1% that it was unlikely, it wasn't going to happen, and I shouldn't have to worry. So I wasn't. It was just being very ignorant about it, not knowing anything. And then just towards the end, things just got very complicated. And I really do believe in the divine intervention of it, because me talking to you now is almost like a miracle, because I wasn't supposed to survive my surgery. I didn't make it through. I was very lucky. Wow.
0: Oh, my goodness. You have me in tears, Katina. Just talking to you. (laughs) I feel like I'm on a roller coaster with you just listening to what's going on. But we have to take a quick break. But don't leave yet, listeners. Katina is amazing. When she comes back, we're going to talk to her about the surgical repair and needing a heart transplant and what all of that has meant to her and her ability to seize the day.
1: The Heart of a Father and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more.
0: Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is seizing today with Katina Robolino and oh my goodness, has she taken us on a roller coaster ride or what? She has been through so much with having these two girls and it does sound like it was a blessing and a miracle for her to be in Texas and to be right where she needed to be for Elena Zoe because Elena Zoe needed Texas Children's Hospital and that certainly has been a blessing. But she's been talking to us about her two daughters who are both born with congenital heart defects and what "seizing the day means to her. And as we can see, seizing the day is of extreme importance to this mom of three beautiful little girls. So Katina... Like you, I had one heart-healthy child before I had my son with a congenital heart defect. And I'm wondering, you already alluded a little bit to how difficult the move was for your daughter. But how did having a daughter with a severe congenital heart defect after already having a heart-healthy child affect your philosophy about how to live?
2: That's a very good question because it really affected my first daughter a lot. The first time it affected us was with Lena. It was very hard because we had to first explain to her what was going to happen to her sister and just to not scare her and let her know. So we started to talk to her about her body parts and arms, legs, head, and finally just got to the heart. We said, your baby sister, leave her. she has a sick heart and she needs to go to the doctor and get it sick. And her response was, it's okay, Mom. I'm going to write to Santa Claus and he'll take care of it. It was very hard with that sense with her. Because she was very attached to being a big sister and we were given all hopes for Carolina and we weren't expecting her to die or anything. I think it was just the amount of stress and just knowing that you have to give up your child to a stranger mm-hmm. to go fix is the hardest part. Um mm-hmm. And just trying to tell what was going on. We couldn't bring her to the hospital. I was gone for about two weeks because I stayed. It was during my summer vacation. So I was able to at least schedule the surgery around my vacation time, which I'd to take off from work, which was very good Mm -hmm. for me. So I was home for about two to three weeks being at the hospital, staying with with Lena. And I only came to visit once in a while. And she just kept asking, where's mommy? Where's mommy? And that was hard on her. And when... Elena got sick We had to explain to her before She was born that Elena may not make it And that she may not be coming home And that was very hard Because now she is four And she understands everything Mm -hmm. So for her to go through that And for me to not be home for two months Because I was two months in the hospital Just because of what I went through For me not to be home for two months And the baby not to be home for two months My daughter just had the hardest that when I came home, she was afraid to touch me because she didn't know where I was. She was afraid and she just could not sleep because I wasn't home. Yeah, it was really hard. She said it really hard, I think, more than me. I think it's difficult for little kids. But they're resilient. They're very resilient. Right now she's playing like nothing ever happened. But during time of stress,
0: I think they really shut down. They really do. Yeah, I think it's hard on our heart healthy children. And when you're two it really is kind of funny how sometimes these preschoolers, oh yeah, I'll write to Santo they believe everything's yeah. gonna be okay. And of course we have to put on a brave front that everything is gonna be okay because we have to believe everything is going to be okay. And it was so hard for me. We knew with Alex because of the severity of his congenital heart effect that he was going to need three open heart surgeries within the first couple of years of his life. And that was going to be really hard on his big brother. And like you said, we definitely had to deal with behaviors because we had to be separated. You can't have preschoolers up at the hospital when your baby is going through open heart surgery because they may have too many germs. And since I was a stay-at-home mommy, that meant Joey went to daycare for the very first time. And That was really, really hard on me, and it was hard on him as well. So, oh, my goodness, this show is just flying by, and we're talking about such important issues, but we do need to take another quick break and Then we'll come back and we'll close the show. But don't leave yet, listeners, because when Katina comes back, we're going to talk to her about the biggest obstacles she's had to face in living each day to the fullest and what advice she has for other parents who are facing the same situation she has. We'll be right back.
1: Anna Jaworski has spoken around the world at congenital heart defect events, and she is available as a keynote or guest speaker for your event. Go to hearttoheartwithanna.com. To learn more about booking Anna for your event, you can also find out more about the radio program. Keep up to date with CHD resources and information about advocacy groups, as well as read Anna's weekly blog. Anna wants you to stay well-connected and participate in the CHD community. Visit hearttoheartwithanna.com today.
0: Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is Seizing the Day with Katina Robolino, a heart mom to two daughters, and also the mom of one heart-healthy daughter, and she is an amazing mom. Her one daughter has already had one surgical repair, the other has had surgical repair plus a heart transplant. She's been on an amazing roller coaster ride, and she's shared some of that journey with us. I, I'm a little exhausted, Katina, just listening to everything that you have been through, but oh my goodness, you have really such an inspiring and beautiful story to share, but we only have a couple minutes left, but I would love to know what the biggest obstacle is that you've had to face in living each day to the fullest, given you are particular situation where you've had two children who have required open heart surgeries and one who has had a heart transplant and god bless her you've had anna who has been a heart healthy big sister to all of this so what has been your biggest obstacle in living each day to the fullest
2: i think my obstacle is Trying to live a normal life because I've spoken with many people about this, and they've told me you're not going to go back to normal. And I was so persistent to want to get that. And I tried so hard, especially after everything that I went through after having a lemma, because I had a really hard delivery, having her and then having to go back into the hospital because of an infection and waking up to after the surgery, finding out that my daughter coded and they had to do CPR and rip her chest open again to put her on life support was when I realized I'm never going to be normal. And I think that's the best advice as I can give to anyone is who cares about normal? Just do what you have to do to just have some sanity in your life because I was just in this prasad of just being like, okay, you know what? We're just going to get to the first surgery. I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to be okay. And it just happened that way. And I'm a planner and having my whole plan book just thrown out the window and then just having to just take things on the fly was hard for me. So I think the only thing that I can say to anyone about seizing the day is sometimes you can't take things day by day. Sometimes you just have to take them hour by hour, minute by minute, and just be thankful that you have it. Because my worst fear is going down the line, knowing that I am going to have three children, but then one day I'm just going to have two. Because we're not guaranteed a long time with them. They give us a maximum of 10 years. And that's if we're lucky to get that. As of right now, we're good. She's heart healthy. We're going for a biopsy in December. They're not predicting anything bad. But I think that's the hardest thing that any mom could have to deal with is knowing that you have to sit back and actually enjoy every minute to know that we may not get them because we don't know what the future holds.
0: And yeah. I think that's what scares me the most. Yeah. It is scary and you're right about normal. We have as heart parents a new normal and that normal includes going to the pediatric cardiologist. That normal includes Holter monitors. That normal includes for you biopsies and things that most normal parents don't have to go through. But it is normal for us and thankfully we do have a big congenital heart effect community on the internet. We have Facebook groups. We can talk with other parents whose normal looks more like our normal, and we know that we're not alone. Because for me, one of the hardest parts going through this 20 years ago was feeling like I was the only one dealing with this. And we are not alone. And just being able to talk to another mom, see here, you've got me all choked up. <laughs> but just being able to talk to another heart mom and knowing that we're not alone can give us strength. Because there were a lot of times that we feel pretty darn weak, but we have to be strong for our children, and we can do it, and we can make a Merry Christmas or a Happy Hanukkah or have an Easter egg hunt or do things that normal people get to do with their children and don't think about. We can make it special for them, and we have to make it special because, like you said, we don't know if we'll have a chance to do that with all of our children again next year. So, okay, you've got me all choked up, Katina. I have one more question for you, and that is, what advice would you give to parents of children born with heart defects regarding how their outlook on life can help them
2: to save the day? I think the only advice I can give to any parent is be happy to know that you were blessed to be one of the parents to take on the most difficult journey anyone can take, and it's going to be rough, and it's going to be tough, and you're going to find strength in places you never thought you could But feel blessed that you were one of the lucky ones to be chosen to take this path and embrace it the best that you can because it is going to change you and it is going to make you a better person. And you were chosen for this reason. And if you go with that, it can get you through a lot of stuff.
0: Oh, I love that. That's beautiful, Katina. You're right. It can make you a better person. I think it can make us stronger people. And you know what? We live in the best time ever to have children with heart defects because every day, New drugs are being designed. New procedures are being invented. Doctors are improving the surgical outcomes. What you talked about with the heart, I'm not hoping for a mechanical heart. I'm hoping for cloning to go to a whole new level and for them to be able to clone a heart with my son's own blood cells, own heart matter, however they're going to do it, his own cells so that we don't have to worry about those anti-rejection drugs and that when Alex's heart fails, because it could happen. He has a Fontan heart. We don't know how long these hearts can last, but when it does, I'm hoping they can put a brand new heart into him with his own DNA, his, his own heart tissue, so that He can continue to live a long and happy life and he can have children and hopefully his children won't have heart defects because we're learning more and more about genetics. I've already done two shows on genetics and I have a feeling that Heart to Heart with Anna will have more geneticists on in the future where we're excited about the future of congenital heart defect research and development and everything that's going on. I don't believe Elena has 10 years. I believe that you're going to be a grandma to a child Elena someday maybe not that she has a biological child but maybe that she adopts a child or has a surrogate I believe you're going to be a grandma someday and I hope that I'm still doing this radio show Katina and that I can have you back on the show to talk about that Oh, thank you
2: that would be really nice
0: it would be and that's what I'm going to be praying for when I light a candle for your three girls tonight and I'm going to try and end the show without crying <laughs> this has really been a touching touching show It's, it's Very humbling for me to be the host of this radio show because I get to meet special people like Katina, and I get to share their stories. We all have a story to share, and lots of us have more than one. I know, Katina, you have a million stories to share, but I hope that you listeners today feel inspired by Katina and by her three beautiful girls. I hope you enjoy the slideshow that we put together because every day is precious. And I want to thank you so much, Katina, for coming on the show and being brave enough to share your story with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. It is such a
2: pleasure to be able to share my story and have a place to share it. Well, it's
0: been a beautiful, beautiful story to hear. And I'm so blessed to know you and to have this show. And I thank God for that every day. I really do. That concludes this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thank you for listening today. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern Time. Until then, find and like us on Facebook. Check out our website, hearttoheartwithanna.com, and our Cafe Press Boutique. There will be Christmas gifts that you can order for your family in the boutique, so please check out the boutique. You have to go to www.hearttoheartwithanna.com, and then click on our Heart to Heart with Anna Boutique. All of the money goes to producing this radio show and keeping it on the air for all of you to be able to hear it whenever you want to, keeping it in the archives at Blog Talk Radio and Spreaker. So please like us on Blog Talk Radio and Spreaker and Facebook. And remember, my friends, you are not alone.
1: Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you've been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. We'll talk again next week.